You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let's read together this morning of the ascension of our Lord from Acts chapter 1. This past Thursday was Ascension Day. Today we will mark that in the preaching of the Word and in our prayers, songs, and in our readings. So we read first from Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the dates or times the the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. Thus far, reading from Acts, we'll now turn back a, a few pages in the fourth gospel This gospel according to John, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 14. This is the occasion for the speaking, the instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ here is actually the Last Supper. The Last Supper, he has just had that with his disciples and now he's teaching them before he goes out to the Mount of Olives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you so. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? These words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. 
Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I've spoken while still with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it was, perhaps strikingly, the occasion of the Lord's Supper, that last supper of Jesus with his disciples, that first Lord's Supper, upon which our Lord Jesus before his death, spoke clearly about his his ascension into heaven and the value of it. Now that may be surprising because as he's sharing that supper with his disciples, his death is imminent. So why not tell his disciples about his death? It certainly probably would have been helpful, wouldn't it? As when he did die, they seemed very confused and upset. Sorrowful, because they did not understand his death. So why didn't he talk about his death? Why did the Lord Jesus instead go beyond his death and resurrection and talk instead about his ascension on this moment? Well, it was because what the Lord Jesus was instituting for his disciples was not a once-for-all-time event, but what the Lord Jesus was instituting was a supper that was to continue to be celebrated by his disciples and by his church as long as the church should continue on this earth until he comes, he says. 
So this supper, this Lord's Supper, is not the meal of the humiliated and suffering Christ. It's not the meal of the crucified Christ or even of the risen Christ, although, of course, all of those elements are there. But it's a meal in which the church communes with the exalted and ascended Christ. We don't come to the table of the Lord. We don't partake of the the bread and the wine in order to simply remember something that had happened in the past. But we partake of these things to commune with him who is alive in heaven right now. We commune with him really and truly. It's truly as we take that bread and that wine. So truly is our flesh and blood in heaven at the right hand of God communing with us through this meal. And so the Lord Jesus spoke about the blessings of his ascension as he enjoyed the Lord's Supper with his disciples. As they lingered there at the table, he spoke about these blessings. We'll point to five of them that are in this text from John 14, although we could certainly find more even in this text if we wanted to. The first blessing that he speaks about of his ascension is that his ascension is his going to the Father to continue his work. Jesus is not going to the Father to take a break while the church figures things out on earth, but he's going to the Father to continue his work. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms, and if I go there, I am going there to prepare a place for you. I'm going to my Father to continue my work. He understood that for the disciples, his going would be sad. That for the church, his going to heaven is in a way sad. We, we'd sort of rather have him here with us, wouldn't we? But he was going there on their behalf. He was going to heaven to prepare a place to continue to carry out God's purpose and plan by making a home with God for all of God's chosen and beloved people. That's the first blessing. He went to heaven to continue his work. The second blessing is that he is going to heaven as the way to the Father. He's going to heaven as the way, the direct access to the Father. Jesus says to his disciples in verse 14, uh, verse 4, you know the way to the place I'm going. And then immediately after that, Thomas says, well, no, we don't. Why don't you tell us? But Jesus says, you know the way to the place I'm going. Because he himself is the way. So the disciples haven't put all the pieces together yet. But they know him who is the way. That's why Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus will become the way to the Father through his atoning death on the cross. And by his resurrection. So that he will be the only savior for mankind. The only Savior that gives access to the one true and eternal God, the Father in heaven. The only mediator at God's right hand. So Jesus is going to heaven to prepare a place. And before he goes to heaven, he will become the way. He is the way. He will do that which is necessary to gain access to the Father. The third blessing 
that he reveals is that because he's the way to the Father, when he's in heaven at God's right hand, then the church will have privileged access to the Father's throne, to the Father's ear, to the Father's attention in their prayers. In verse 14, the Lord Jesus says almost, it's almost preposterous what he says, when he says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, of course, he's not saying I'm going to heaven to become the the magic genie in the sky who you have a whim and a wish and I'll grant it. No, that's not at all the case. He's he's not there to fulfill the, the fickle and wants and pleasures of men and women. Quite the opposite. He says in verse 10, it's my father living in me who is doing his work. Jesus is saying that that if you ask these things in my name, that is, if you are committed to serving the father, if you are committed to his purpose and plan, then he at the right hand of the father will grant you everything you need in serving him. Whatever you need to serve the father, ask Jesus and he will grant it. And you can be sure he will because he has that privileged access at the right hand of God in heaven. That's the third blessing. The fourth blessing comes as a result of his leaving. Jesus says, if, if I don't go, then I can't send back. I can't send back the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes to unite true believers with Jesus Christ and with the Father and to bring believers into this incredible communion with Jesus and the Father where you experience the same love that the Father has for Jesus because the Spirit comes and lives in you and the Spirit is united to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the Father. The Spirit brings you into this this love between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. So the disciples will not be poor for having Jesus leave. They're anxious and troubled. What will we do without you? He says, when I go to heaven, I'm going to send my spirit and you will experience the father's love in a way that you've not experienced it before. Because I will be at the right hand and we will send the spirit together from there and you will be caught up in the love between us. The fifth blessing spoken of in this chapter is the blessing of the teaching work of the spirit. Not only does the Spirit lift us up, lift our hearts up into heaven to be with Jesus Christ and the Father, but the Spirit also continues to remind us and to teach us of all the work of Jesus Christ. Throughout this chapter, verse 14, the Lord Jesus is continually comforting his disciples. The disciples aren't saying much here, but you just know, you can almost see the the looks of, of worry and fear on their faces. It's a dark night. Jesus is comforting them. Jesus is going to be leaving them. First, he's going to go to the cross. Then after his resurrection, he'll ascend into heaven. He is going to be leaving them. The reason that this frightens the disciples is that they don't understand it. 
They don't understand it when he's speaking to them about these things. They won't understand it as he hangs on the cross. They won't understand it after his resurrection. And even right before he's about to ascend into heaven, it's almost comical in Acts chapter 1, when the disciples say to him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? The body language that we would use now in response to that would be something like this. They still don't get it. They still don't get it, but they will. That's the point of Jesus sending his spirit. They will get it. He will send his spirit to teach them everything from Genesis till the books that are still to be written. To teach them about what Jesus Christ has accomplished. How the whole Old Testament pointed to him. What he did through his death and resurrection to give salvation. And what he will continue to do until the end of time. The Spirit will teach the church about all these things. And in doing so, that sorrow that they're experiencing and they're they're not understanding will be transformed into joy. That worry that they're experiencing will be transformed into hope. So they'll go from fear and worry to joy and hope. That's what the Spirit does with God's people. And so these are the things that the ascended Lord sending His Spirit today continues to teach us. That Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for those who put their trust in Him. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. Put your trust only in Him. That through Jesus, we have direct access to the Father. And He'll give us whatever we need for our lives of service. That through Jesus, sending His Spirit, we have communion with the Father and the Son. We experience their love. That precious, eternal, unfathomable love. The Spirit communicates to us our hearts. And finally, the Spirit will teach us about the work of Jesus Christ in order to turn our fear into joy and hope and worship. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.